In today's world, we are increasingly dependent on technology. Our business and personal lives rely on it, but as you've probably noticed, it's unreliable. They promise it'll get better, but it usually gets worse. Our computers are slow, so we end up squinting at smartphones and tablets. We live in constant fear that something's going to happen to our personal data. So we're scared into paying for fake protection that proves useless when disaster strikes. Update attacks, fake Wi-Fi, cloud control, and other industry scandals are designed to keep the money flowing. The jokers we pay to fix our stuff have no clue what they're doing, so they do a virus scan and then wipe out our precious photos. Intelligent, successful people feel intimidated by the chaos and think it's somehow their fault. If they only knew what the industry was doing to them, they'd get torches and pitchforks. If only we had someone to explain it all in plain English so we can start protecting ourselves. Oh wait, we do! It's the Computer Exorcist Podcast with your host, Mark Anthony Arena. From the Wallace Memorial microphone in my home office, overlooking the Can of Worms in downtown Rochester, New York, this is the Computer Exorcist Podcast. <laughs> Just felt like it needed a theme song while you're saying that little game show. And and by the way, our, our theme song uh, we're using we're using your song Fall. Um, this is our special guest. We're, we're coming back here for part two of our interview with Taylor Abrahams. What a what a awesome interview this is. This is yeah. Oh, thank you. Great. I'm um, so enjoying talking to you. Um, where do we even begin? So the trick we were... is I don't care anymore, which is also a song on my album. Ooh. Yeah. No, I I I mean I mean that I you know. I've I've lived enough, I guess, that I'm, you know, not as concerned about um, how I appear. It's more letting again, letting that curiosity run you, rather than than a fear of how you appear to other people. And that's what happened to me in college. Mm-hmm. I was the nerdiest kid in high school, whatever. But when I went to college, I stopped caring about what people thought about me, and then people liked me. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 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 a paradox, but it's uh, at least it's not a pair of docs. <laughs> I don't know. A pair of ducks. Um, that's because, so cool. Because I don't like. I have trauma around docs. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Let's get on to something concrete. <laughs> okay, um, concrete. Because I, I, I think that yeah, we were we were kind of going to the 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 restaurant at the end of the universe there with our with our last conversation. We were getting quite heady, and, right. and I love going there. But I, I also, <laughs> I'm going to kind of selfishly use this as a bit of practice for giving more concrete answers that, um. The, 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 I, I hate sounding smug, but like the mainstream population yeah. will, will uh, uh, be able to latch on to. And, and cause I'm, you know, it's also, I don't want to scare people away. I want to, I want to welcome people into, to the wild, wilder side of life. And so, and, and you can do that through all kinds of authentic means that, um, are you know sometimes a bit more in a box like i it's not like i i you know want to hear abstract music every night and like hang upside down 
uh, and, <laughs> and sleep hanging upside down and all this crap. Right, you but know, I get I, it. I love authenticity, too. And it's a matter of finding the balance, right? And uh, look at the book Win Bigly, by the way. And he talks about how, toward the end of the book, he talks about how if you have a message, try to simplify it because then yep. people get it, right? Yeah, exactly. I I want to I want to reach people. And uh, you don't want your own obsequious uh, obsequiousness to get in the way of that, right? So, brilliant, uh, brilliant, simple. As that. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and and I also like I love a really simple pop song that is done well. I love when something, you know, it's like cooking a a, a I don't know a great meal or hmm. you know great pasta. It's like using simple ingredients and doing it really really well. You know, there's always, there's always an art to that. And there's always, um, you know, something very inspiring about that. So honestly, the next project I make is going to be more of a pop thing. And, and the truth is I'm probably going to be really intimidated while making it because once you start really obsessing over sculpting sounds, you know, it can get dangerous. How the the rabbit hole is endless again, you know, and you just have to let it go at some point. There's a German EDM guy, uh, Resident, spelled with a Z, Z or a Z, and he calls himself a sound designer. Yes. And, yeah, how cool. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Um, but, all right, that brings me to, to one of my questions. You have a really big knack for creating really catchy songs. Like, uh, Hot Belly Pig is my favorite example, right? Tell us the story. <laughs> you, you saw a pig out in, in public and made a kid's song out of it? Well, okay, yeah. Um, did I play that when we were on Zoom together before? Is that how you heard it? Or? I believe so, and and we talked about it somehow. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure you mentioned it, and I looked it up. Oh, and, right, because but you because your friend knack. was we were talking about kids' music a little bit. You yeah, have so, a knack. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Yeah, like I love writing on assignment, and I guess it's the, the a, a pinch of the tism in me. You know, I, I like to have if you can lay it out for me. Uh, in a way where I can start to see the whole picture, then it comes to me very quickly, you know? Um, so yeah, I was, I, I was asked to uh, pitch some songs for a, 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 a station, a, like a TV station and a YouTube channel for kids in Canada uh, called Treehouse. So, and their YouTube channel is Treehouse Tune Bops. And like, I'd made some music for other kids projects. Um, and so they asked me and I um, and they have very specific rules with it. So it was, I think, 18, only 18 unique words oh. per song. Oh, and so it's not be... to overwhelm the kids, right? Yeah. Yeah. The words. Like, uh, oh, like keeping your message like simple. Yeah. Writing green eggs and ham, you know, and, and how it was a it was a bet that he couldn't write a great children's book, I think, with 46 words or something like that. Wow, really? Yeah. really? And then he did it. Yeah. Ah. And, and so, uh, yeah, so it was, I think, 18 words, 90 seconds long, verse, chorus, first chorus, first chorus. Uh, hmm. And, you know, about, you know, one of these six things that our research panelists say that uh, children like, you know, oh. so dinosaurs or pigs or this. And so, you know, oh, I just... sent it to my nephews right away, by the way. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Um, but yeah, as soon as uh, I'd gotten that, a couple days later, I was walking around, and literally there was a woman near High Park in Toronto walking a potbelly pig <laughs> down the street on a leash. And I'm like, that's the song, you know? 
that is perfect. That is freaking kismet right there. Uh-huh. And so, yeah. It, and then, I don't know, after that, it's... Uh, and sometimes they gave you, like, musical references. Like, one of them, they wanted something that sounded a little bit like blue... You know, yeah, so, that's a cool one. Um, uh, that's catchy. I, I'm not sure what the reference was for, uh, for Potbelly Pig, um, but I think there's like some kind of like pseudo, like maybe it was like Despacito or something like that was their reference, and so then I kind of like <laughs> had that as a little mental note, and then that I just song, you know, really Despacito. just wrote the song, really something like that. Care to sing yeah. a little bit of it? A Potbelly Pig, if you like. Um, it, yeah, uh, it's pretty underwhelming just with my voice, but uh, <laughs> you'll get a sense of just, yeah. I mean, And it's like the chord progression that a gajillion songs are. Uh, now, popular music, as we've entered the, you know, punk reemergence era of, you know, corporate uh, teenage angst feminism, uh, you know, with Olivia Rodrigo and all this, uh, a lot of times the chord progression will be a one chord, then a three chord, like a three major, and and, and then maybe the six chord and the four chord. Um, but for decades and decades, it's kind of been this anthemic thing of like the one chord, the five chord, the six chord, and then the four chord. Uh, you may not understand what I'm saying exactly, but... I don't. Um, it's I all right. I come from but a family it... of musicians and I didn't get any of that, but I do. I do love music, so there you go. Okay. Well, to very simply explain part of it, it just, if you start on the note C, treat that as one, and then C, D, E, F, G, that would be five, because you're counting up five notes, right? So then, you know, and then there's chords that have the same name, right? Because they're kind of built on those same notes. And so then I'm saying, you know, Potbelly Pig, for example, it is, I think, I'm not sure if I have a capo on when I play it or whatever, but it's like an A minor, an F, a C, and a G. And so... In the key of C, A minor would be the 6, um, F would be the 4, um, C would be the 1, and G would be the 5, right? So it's, it's – and the reason I use this numbering system is so that um, it's – if you're playing a song live at a show, someone can just say these numbers to you and oh, then tell you the key. Cool. And then you'll just kind of mentally know the relationship between them all. Cool. It's um, a shorthand. Cool. Yeah, it's, it's a shorthand. Exactly. Mm. So it's, it's the Nashville – uh, method and although Nashville will get extra messed up with it and they have all these extra slashes and you know it'll be like the they'll always relate it as if it's in this original key so it'll be like the four of the five you know so it's like inception <laughs> <laughs> keys inside uh, chords and yeah yeah it gets wild but um yeah, still the the fundamental thing is like so those chords are the same chords as like a gajillion songs. There's that Axis of Awesome video, um, which was very popular on YouTube Axis back in the day, awesome. where they're playing like oh. they're they're pl- they're doing a medley of like forty songs that were big hits that all use the same chords. You know, like oh, Let cool. It Be. When I find myself in times trouble, Mother Mary comes to me. And then you go to um, With or Without You, same chords as that. You go to Don't Stop Believing, Hold On to the Feeling. Um, yeah, you're gonna makes... hear me roar. Oh, 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 oh. We don't need your money, money, money. You know, it's just a very common chord progression. And so, Pot Belly Pig, and, and I, I was using the same chords as Despacito. So, where so they were showing. It, it, by the way, they were showing how similar these songs are architecturally, yes. right? By squishing them together. Yeah. That's so cool, right? And I wouldn't understand that until they displayed them together, and then I go, "Oh, wow, they are." Yeah, exactly. It's it's kind of um, uh, intellectually there's 
things that you just can't get. You just have to be uh, showing them or you just have to experience them, you know? And uh, once we find a way to uh, ver- fully verbalize the unverbable, then we'll uh, be in a very interesting place in human history. And uh, Right, because all my I, thought chemicals, like, I, it takes me a while to put them into words, right? Because I have all these thoughts yeah. in my head. and like, oh, this concept. And, oh, shoot, I have to put it into words. Yeah, like, I... And so in in some ways, that's why, like, technology excites me or, like, um, you know, people relentlessly documenting everything. Because I think Mm. that you can use AI at some point to try and uh, present uh, explanations for human behavior that we're incapable of seeing. You know, Mm. we've just got too many blind spots in order to actually notice them. And anyway, okay, we're see. This is what happens. Yeah, we go yeah. down way too many roads. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> uh, yeah. so so Despacito, those chords are yeah six four one five. So that's these the same chords as Let It Be, but just in a, in in or those anthemic that anthemic chord progression, but just in a slightly different order, right? Okay. So they start with the relative minor, which is the six chord, then the four, then the one, then the five, rather than the the one five six four. Anyway, so I uh, I use that chord progression and. Um, my mother and me were walking down the street when suddenly we see right in front of me pot belly pig 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 pot belly pig 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 pot belly pig 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 right in front of me pot belly pig 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 you get the idea but yeah it's repetition people love repetition um people love uh contrast you know a lot of this stuff it's it's not like it's all intellectual for me it's more like a lot of these things you kind of do intuitively and then you intuitively absolutely and you can find an uh, intellectual way of explaining it later and then they both kind of feed each other like you get you get more attuned with your instincts the better you are at putting them into words yeah i think it's Um, definitely something it's a subconscious intuitive thing where you can't teach someone to do that, right? It's it's they come up with it out of their head, and there it is. And and honestly, like as you but listening, did... listening is a very important thing. If you want to be a great songwriter or a great artist, uh, listening is just the most vital thing. And like sometimes when I when I write a song, uh, the inspiration will be something at, you know genuine from my own life that I'm just trying to make sense of. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it'll be well, what if I take that thing and I take you know. 20% of this song that I really love and 30% ELO and you know like there'll be like just this like vague picture in my head I can see like this painting of like yeah it's just it's got to feel like 30% ELO and 20% um, Al Stewart and you know 50% this and then and, and and then it's like okay yeah let's now well, what would that progression be what what does that feel like it, yeah maybe that so I don't know it that's how my brain works anyway. I don't think that that's everyone, but I, but, and the contrasting again. sounds, it's almost like contrasting flavors. Like even when you were yeah. singing there and you had the contrasting notes, it felt like, I don't know. I mean, name any example, right. Of peanut butter and chocolate or, or you yeah. name it, you know, some kind of combination that really works really well. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. And, and, and there's things that are tried and true and, you know, crunchy beef all, tacos, that, you know, with cold lettuce on top. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, and there's also things that like, uh, I don't know, just differences in, in taste that kind of can't be explained or people are at different points in their lives. You know, we all outgrow certain songs. We all grow into certain songs. Um, 
I was trying to watch the Super Bowl commercials and that made me feel so alone because I was like, people spend millions of dollars making these things and I derive so little pleasure out of most of these. You know, I thought they were all me... stupid except for a few. Yeah. Like, it's, in it's, years it's past, just... they were good. Yeah. It, yeah, there, there's just such a, a coldness and and a, and a desperateness in all of them. And, and absolutely, and, and perhaps and they all you're not of, alone. Okay, well, that's good. If it, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are disappointed in them, but it, it's still, I think it's indicative though of a um, a miscommunication um, between uh, corporate culture and real life. Yeah. And, and but it's also like, how do these people have all they? have all the money if they're so bad at understanding human needs and, right. and 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 human psychology i'll tell you why because they, i see they're, this all they're the either time. playing like mm -hmm. 3d chess and they're actually like a few steps ahead of us and mm -hmm. they're just trying to like bang us in until we become what they want us to be mm -hmm. um or i don't know what it is but it's it's just yeah it made me feel kind of cold and disconnected and it's like you know, but they're they're in a in a similar boat. Like, well, they they took the peanut butter, they took the jam, and they put it together, and uh, they're they're using uh, some formulas and and all their research and and you know the right premises and this and that. And it's like, oh well, let's. It, it's it seems like the formula is get someone who's vaguely nostalgic, you know, and uh, make them do something uh, silly. Um. Uh, or, or make them like play a silly game that you can like, so you can have like a joke every two seconds. Yeah, you know. Um, but it's so, so formulaic. Yeah, and, and um, there's always that's what you're saying. Like there were two, there were two ads that had the flash dance song in it. Two. And to, yeah, there was one with like a gummy bear thing dancing and right. and gummy bears falling on it from up above, and then there was the one with Zach Braff and. Uh, John Cena and, oh, and the right. other guy from Scrubs. You're and, right. and they both, yeah. It's, and, and, and so unoriginal. it just, uh, yeah, it, it's it's like they got the same data or something like that and, and created slightly different things based on, you know, what they had at their disposal. I don't know. And that's, but I don't do any of that, right? When you and I yeah. create something authentic, I think is the word you use. It's just, we do yeah. things authentically and maybe not everyone will fall for it, right? Apparently people are all falling for the stupid commercials or, or whatever, but but may, yeah. there are a lot of people who, who don't like them. Um, Kudos to the people though who try to make a thought-provoking Super Bowl commercial when they have sure. the chance. Sure, like like there was the the Jesus. There there was yep. one of just like Jesus. I think that um, I I don't think I've seen it yet, but you know I like the sentiment of like right. you know like he would not be mad at you know uh, washing a gay person's feet. You know, he's love. It's no that matter simple. what, right? It's it's yeah. simple, and and so many people, right? And so, especially nowadays, when people, well, I don't like you because you're this and because you're that party and that whatever, and it's no guess yeah. what, you know. And and this this is the gift of of the fact that I've been working with all kinds of people, you know, my adult life is that we're all mostly the same. We all we're all more similar than we realize, and all that. Um, yeah. Okay, wow. so you've got a lot yeah. more questions for me, so let's let's yeah. focus. Yeah, and, and, oh, so many things, but but yeah, authenticity <laughs> and making things that are real instead of formulaic, and and yeah, absolutely. I I think we, in the long term, that's going to succeed, right? After all the formulaic stuff, if they would just and and oh, side note, like you said something about nostalgic. For better, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the '80s, and I love this resurgence of everything yeah. '80s. 
But it's like Hollywood, especially, they're totally out of ideas. Well, and, and it just seems like it's so played out now. Like Uptown yeah. Funk was almost 10 years ago now. And that was already the 80s nostalgia train. And so th- yeah. then the companies are always like five years behind whatever the nostalgic trend is yeah. on top of it. And it's just it's so cringy. But it proves um, right. It proves, in my personal opinion, that the 80s was peak of our civilization and that everything else is not as good. Well, it, it, the <laughs> 80s was almost like the beginning of the end. It's like yep. the, the apex but but to get to that apex, you had to, you know, open Pandora's box as well. So it was the it was the it was the it was the height, and and the the decline. Like I don't know. Right. Well, well, like the Ozzy Osbourne and all the depraved stuff. It's like, well, guess what? Eventually, you're going to run out of shock value stuff, right? Oh, I, I'm not so much talking about that. I'm talking about in terms of just like creative merit. Okay. Uh, even like I don't know. You can compare. Uh, the first half of the eighties in terms of popular music to the latter half. And it's, mm. it's a pretty stark difference. And, and a lot, there's a lot less shelf life in most of the hits from the late eighties, you know, like you have a ton of things that have that everybody Wang Chung tonight, yeah. uh, kind of snare in everything. And it's, it's too, uh, synthetic and, and all the bands, uh, are, aging white guys who feel like they need to step down but they're too stubborn uh and but the early uh, 80s that's when it's just like oh okay it's a new decade let's start doing this now and i love how the decades of that century were so distinct right yes yeah well i've thought about this a lot uh about like when like what was what was the tipping point for music in a way, you know, and it's also complicated and it's also gradual. And yes, there's always great music in every decade, blah, blah, blah. But there, there is there. It, it there's still like a nucleus that you can start to feel just starting to shrivel and, and struggle. Um, and yeah, it, it happens gradually. And so people don't notice things just like how evolution happens gradually and people gradually. don't notice it, you know? So, yeah. um, and, and, and like my theory is, in the late 70s, basically, um, that's when things started to get a little weird because – or really even from the mid-70s onward, once disco became uh, a mainstream thing. And not because there's anything really that wrong with disco, but it's just – it it kind of – it cracked a code. It's, it's like so fundamentally satisfying um, <sighs> that it, uh, it's almost like an alien came down and gave us disco – you know, it's, it's like it's it's, it's almost totally a little different too. It's, it's totally like mm-hmm. the four on the floor is like too good. It's like t- it's too much dopamine. Just mm, 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 you know, oh. um, and <laughs> and I don't know. It like it's and sometimes you want sugar, but the problem with sugar is it's addictive. And right. because sound is something that you can uh, is not a finite resource. Right. Sound sugar. Right. Sometimes I want, yeah. especially as an adult and overstimulated adult and all that, sometimes I want oatmeal and, and bland crackers. Right. Yeah. But, it, like once I started to eat really healthy, I actually um, right. it, I, my tongue would salivate at the idea of how good my stomach would feel after I ate the stuff. And you resent the, the overly cake. sugary stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like you yeah. can you can train your mind to uh, appreciate something that's better for you. But um but yeah, sound is not a finite resource. So then, you know, mm. capitalism and sound are a uh, an odd combination because it's like, yeah, w- once a trend starts happening, then you know, there's so many copycats, and 
Um, and there's always that to a degree, but it, it really seemed like uh, diversity started to uh, peter out of popular music m- more and very gradually uh, starting in about the mid 70s. And then, like, you know, by the time the Bee Gees had, you know, they had eight I think eight number one hits in a row. Mm. And so that to me is a tipping point that had never happened in like popular music history cool. in the U S you know, mm. and, and they, were, they you know, were from Isle of man. They're from Australia, I think originally, I guess right? They were born and then, one and moved to the other. Yeah. 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 It was right as they were leaving Australia, they, the song Spicks and specs was a hit there. And then they went over to England, but um, yeah, it was, but, and that kind of began, you know, speaking of like little things having huge effects, they started writing Jive Talking um, but just because of how it felt, uh, how the car rolled over a bridge. There was something in the groove of that that kind of inspired them, oh, really? you know. And if you think about it, it's like, you know, uh, a lot of dance music is made and club music is so satisfying to listen to in a car. And and I feel like it all kind of begins with jive talk in, in some ways. And not to say that it begins with that. I like, you know, there's always there's always someone beforehand. There's always some black guy that the white guy stole it from. But um, in in terms of like uh, breaking it into the mainstream, I feel like that. And then you have like you know disco duck, and and then suddenly the BGS have you know eight number one hits in a row over the course of two albums, and you know some incredible songs in there. How deep is your love? Is like a friggin' excellent tune. Edge, bruh. And then, you know, Michael Jackson and Quincy Jones start talking on the set of The Wiz. And that's how they met? I think they had met beforehand. I think they collaborated. That's how they got, but that sparked their collaboration? Yeah. And then you have Off the Wall at the end of the 70s. Do you uh, remember Cameo? uh, Oh, the artist? Yes. Yeah. 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 Is this the way? I found a cassette tape and I found a song called Is This the Way? Incredible song. Oh, cool. And it's funny like because it's that. early 80s, but it's all like, politicians making us separate. We got to get back together. And it's it's so yeah. prescient. Yeah, I, I, you know, after the early 70s, uh, political statements and music kind of like were not a thing. You know, I, it's it's like a deliberate effort that folk music, like the Carole King, James Taylor movement of the early 70s oh, yeah. never really came back. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. like the closest thing you had to it was like the early 2000s, which was like a a weird cluster fork of like every genre and decade of music all fighting on the charts at the same time. Cause you had jet who were like the the seventies rockers. You had Jack Johnson, you had, uh, you know, Missy Elliott. It was just such a bizarre blend. Um, but, um, the alternative. Yeah. And then always every 20 years or so, there's a nostalgic bring back and, but I don't know. Yeah. It's a, okay. After the, after that, then Michael and Quincy sat down and Quincy was like, we're deliberately trying to make the best selling album of all time here. Like it was so really? calculated. Really? And so I think I think what happens is there was a tipping huh. point of like there was so much money to be made in music. And especially they didn't have any saw... AI. Imagine what they could have done. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting. Like would it, would AI improve Thriller or would it actually make people um, not connect to it as much because they'd lose well, that human connection. Right, it would know? be quite literally artificial. Um, but I'm just wondering if 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 AI would know enough about people and how they're programmed to just come out there and and come out with something that, like you said, researchers have shown this is popular, right? Where I wonder if right. someone's going to engineer a song that supposedly human beings have to react to. Well, there are databases like that where they um, you can put your song into a, a database of I think you know, the hit songs from the last 30, 40 years, and it'll tell you 
what its uh, potential is and how it compares to hit songs wow that's cool and you know and it'll use different metrics and variables right like chord progression and you know energy and and uh, decibels and all this stuff um but but yeah uh and i could go on for ages about this but i'll I'll just shortly uh, tie it up by saying uh once they and, and so it was deliberate and i feel like it was you know what happens is the music industry got so kind of preposterously ginormous at that point um it was and and media in general like the the mash finale was viewed by over a hundred million people can you imagine wow Um, you know that show wow so and and, uh so it just seems like everything was such a big deal when it came to uh film and tv and music um, you know, you had the renaissance of, of filmmaking and, and blockbusters started to become a thing in the late 70s, too. Right. You, you know, Star Wars really changed the game. And like, think about how all those cultural touchstones kind of influence each other. It The game becomes more about how do you let's make the biggest this ever made, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's what they did with Thriller. And then you have people trying to top that and Michael trying to top that. And uh you know, and, and so it, it creates a different mentality where it's, it you know, there's that Frank Zappa clip of him saying, well, you know, uh, you know, we were better off in the 60s when you had record execs who were, you know, cigar chomp, chomp and old guys. But they were like, oh, what the hell? We'll give it a shot. I don't I don't get it. But maybe the kids will, you know, uh, yeah. and, and having a bit more of that freedom rather Giving than the cool guy who is like. I know what the kids want, you know, and, and it becomes so calculated. Cynical, um, right. So it's delivering music. So you brought up a huge point here, delivering yeah. music, not because, Hey, you know what? Taylor and I just wrote this song and we think it's going to be really good because it's a good song versus we're going to do this to make money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, even um, they deliberately did the girl is mine with Paul McCartney first uh, and put that out as a single before the album because mm-hmm. they wanted to make sure that uh, it would be easier for Michael to get his songs on uh, radio because okay. as a black man, it was just harder oh. for him to get on radio. Oh, um, interesting. And, uh, and every song was like designed to be uh, a song that would succeed on a different kind of radio station, you know, beat it's for the rock stations, uh, oh. human nature's for the adult contemporary. Um, yeah. And thrillers like to, you know, dominate MTV, you know, it, it, it's, it's all done very deliberately. Wow. That's fascinating. Um, and circling back to Paul McCartney, because you said something in in our, our last episode where you said he, he had retired from the Beatles and he's on the farm and he's like, what am I going to do now? Yeah. Um, and you know, I thought long and hard about this and I'm not going to have that moment (laughs) because there Mm. are so many personal projects that I have the moment I get enough apprentices doing what I do, helping the seniors with the technology, the moment mm-hmm. I have that, I've got my laptop, I'm going to Boston, I'm going to the Caribbean, and I'm going to finish my books, and I'm going to hang out with my godchildren, and I already know exactly what I'm going to do. I just wanted to say that. Well, that's awesome. And and, and yeah, we were talking in between uh, these these episode clips about, you know, finding a way to, to do something that has a your your people have a problem and you're providing a solution and if you're able to con- scale solving that solution that's a way to create wealth and um right, as opposed and, and, to and inventing... wealth that you know in a way where you know you can feel better about it 
Right, right. Uh, I'm not ideally. against making a lot of money as long as you do it by helping people, right? Because I've seen in my industry where people come out with products and services and they're so addicted to the revenue, right? And they love the, mm. the worst problem in my industry right now is the addiction to recurring revenue, right? Instead mm. of selling you a hammer, we're going to rent it to you for – instead of selling yeah. you a hammer for 10 bucks once, we're going to rent it to you for $9 a year, right? That's the Microsoft 365 scandal in a nutshell. Have um, you heard the word inshitification? No, that's terrible. Um, yeah, that it's it's a deliberate. Uh, it's where you have something that works amazing, and then you uh, gradually make it worse yeah. in order to get more money out of people. Like there's there's a light bulb in a uh, in in a firehouse in, in the state somewhere that's been running since 1909. Right. Um, you know, made before all the light bulb companies got together and decided to make planned obsolescence in light bulbs. Right. And, and now um, in my industry, I've coined the term forced obsolescence. So now it's, oh, hey, uh, Apple and Microsoft or whatever said, oh, I'm not allowed to use this product after this date. Yes. That's a great way to describe it. Forced it's obsolescence. Insane, right? It's absolutely insane. I love so, that. So, yeah, it's and, – and so we were talking about uh, – I asked if you had done videos on Cameo, right? And, and for folks who don't yeah. know, Cameo.com is a really cool idea where you give a celebrity 50 bucks or 5 bucks, whatever it is, to make a little happy birthday message for your friend. Right. So mm -hmm. my friend Matt is a huge fan of Leanne Rhymes. So a couple of years mm -hmm. ago for Christmas, hey Leanne, can you make Matt a thing? So she did a Merry Christmas to Matt and sang a little oh, couple cool. you know, few seconds and, and he was so thrilled over the moon. So that's what cameo is, folks. And and so I asked you before the show, have you done a cameo? Yeah, well I've had people on TikTok um who it makes me feel so old, but it's it's more because young people get on the internet uh, so much sooner and are kind of in a way they grow up faster because of the internet. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, um, but you know, I did a show a few years ago um, called Fangbone. Um, okay. I've done a ton of them, but cool. that was one that I was like really proud of. Cool. Um, and it's been nice to see that like, yeah, I thought it was something special and, and the proof is in the pudding because like, there's still people who message me about it, you know? And, and sometimes I've had people ask me, Hey, can you get, wish me happy birthday in Fangboy's voice? And I'll just do a quick little video reply to that on TikTok. Just hello, battle brother or battle sister. Happy birthday to you. Huzzah. You know? Uh -huh. um, and Hell it's yeah. fun cool. and, and quick. And it's like, I kind of felt like, well, why should I get paid for 10 seconds of fun? Um, and you know, you can justify it as well. You put in the hard work before of cultivating this character and you know, this and that, um, you know, it's, it's the same reason why musicians are like, well, the reason you're paying me this amount is because I went to school for all these years and da, 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 and da, da, da. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. I, 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 and I actually, I think I am approved for a cameo account, so I could definitely make one now. And I certainly encourage you to do so. And, and... I, I just be surprised if people would actually, uh, you know, do that with me you know no, like would but, totally. but i guess cameo does the work for you to some degree to trying to connect you with people so right and they'll put you up there right and people will stumble on you they'll see you on cameo and and look i certainly encourage you to do that and 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 look my response is yeah you could do like a lot of celebrities they just say look i have enough money i'll just do this and then the, the money will go to charity right so i yeah. think you know, if I hired Leanne Rhymes, maybe she gave that money to charity. I don't know. So you could do yeah. that. But look, Taylor, you and I have the same problem. We feel bad charging people because we enjoy doing what we do. And we can't. Do I, I don't that. feel bad about uh, charging people for uh, various things that I do. I just, uh, 
but yeah, there's there's certainly times where I might undercharge myself right. or especially in the arts, it's so hard to gauge how much time or energy something's going to take. It's hard and to gauge I might the value, under, right? I might underestimate it dramatically, but I've kept I you know, I gave my word to X price and it'll and and also part of my brain is still in a pre-pandemic world where uh, you know, companies and corruption didn't inflate things all. I feel like yeah. a moron asking someone a hundred dollars for something that takes me, you know, an hour. Or in my mind, I think it should take me an hour, right. but it ends up taking me three. And it takes you know? three, right? And believe me, yeah. and you know what I've done recently is is I've just said to myself, "Look, Mark, you got to remember." And and my clients even remind me of this. They're like, "Mark, you kidding me? Yeah, it's easy for you, but you don't understand how much it is worth to us." So that's what I remind mm. myself I, even yeah, recently. That's true is, all right, I had a business client the other day. He handed me a quote the other day. He says, Mark, I got this quote from this computer company. Can you, can you give me an opinion on it, whatever? Ready for this? $100,000 a U.S. For what? $100,000. Okay. For eight computers. And what? security. And I think they wanted another couple grand a month to do virus scans, okay? So it's oh. eight... Eight computers, right? It's him and seven ladies in his office, right? It's eight computers, okay? So, and and the this evil, evil scumbags who gave him this quote, right? So it's a hundred grand to set up eight computers. Then they were going to attack him with Sophos, which is a horrific, disgusting scam. Slows your computer down by 99%. And it can only look for threats before 2013. Mm. zero protection against ransomware because these dudes don't understand and i don't get me started about all the companies that have to pay millions for ransomware because their scumbag computer guys don't understand basic how to do a backup right gross so right gross right so that's the deal and and the point is now that i'm i'm working on the project with him so he says you know what mark i'll have you do this and i told him just to be just to be conservative estimate, I says, "Hey, I'll save you half, right?" No, we're gonna do. So I got him the eight computers. It's gonna cost twenty nine hundred dollars. Okay, <laughs> and and it's funny because my guy did them. My local guy did them, and in, I like cleared out my car thinking I was gonna get eight big PCs, but he did small machines, so like they all yeah. fit in one little box that I could wrap my arms around. Um, so basically it's going to be like three grand for the hardware and maybe three grand for labor. And he'll actually be protected from ransomware because I'm going to do a real proper backup. Right. So that's 94% off. So I just remind myself, Mark, you're saving people money. It's okay. And, and, and when I do that, right, it's the abundance mentality of, of it's okay. He's more than willing to pay. Yeah. And, and you're also saving him you know 90 grand 94 grand (laughs) so like you know that's that's extraordinary uh and i a lot of times yeah there's there's companies that are so predatory and they really uh they invest so much into their public image and their brand and also the psychology of like you know if you charge more for it people will see more perceived value in it and And you can do that with like supreme clothes or whatever you know it's all about the brand and And, i actually did have to raise my prices because people weren't perceiving me as a serious guy so there is something to value perception yeah and i'm gonna give you something else here these dudes at these local computer places that service small businesses I really don't think they wake up in the morning and go, yeah, I am greedy, right? No, they think that it actually costs this. Like, they think they're doing the best they can. 
So, going back to the Jesus commercial, like, these folks think they're doing the best they can. They don't, they, they know not what they do. They think mm-hmm. they're helping. And I have to remember that because it's so, very so easy wait, for how, me. So they think a, a $100,000 quote that they're offering yeah. is a reasonable quote. So, yeah. so then, so that, and that's because there's other people down the line who they've gotten quotes from in order to provide those things that are also screwing them over. And it's just a, um, it's, a tidal wave or how, how does no, that happen? That's yeah. That, that would be kind of like, you know, when you're in the hot tub and you're all as kids and you're doing a whirlpool, you know, that yeah. it's kind of like that. No, I don't think it's that. I think it's just, they, maybe it's a supply and demand where they just crank up their hours cuz they're in such short supply and and maybe it's maybe it is because everyone else is charging it like i've seen similarly disgusting quotes at other places yeah. that that was definitely the worst but but these dudes they think they're helping that's like they think mm-hmm. that, and and they're using 1991 microsoft technology they're walking around right. selling you a 1991 $10,000 server anyway um so well, That's, I yeah. I I think you're you've got a very uh, generous mindset with them because I I I I'd be flabbergasted if there's any way that someone could who has any knowledge of that world who could justify that price point and and I, like yeah everyone else is doing it that 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 shouldn't condone it you know right right and it, it is disgusting conceptually and they are addicted to the revenue right where I yeah. found that if you actually save people money and you actually give them true protection instead of just this fake feel-good, fake virus scan stuff. They appreciate yeah. it. It's my the, the problem is It's my fault it, that I haven't gotten this out there enough to crush them. How about that? Hmm. that? That I haven't gotten more guys trained or whatever to go out there and compete with them. Right. Well, and, and be careful because if if you're a huge threat to them and they've got lots of money, they might hire someone to come and break your legs. I don't know. I, I hope not. Yeah. Um. But... but I, because we we were talking about this and it made me think a little bit about the mafia speaking of <laughs> things like that what happens to a lot of companies is they're you know they're beholden to their uh stock owners right yeah and, and uh and then there's you know the stock buybacks and stuff so that kind of decentivize uh like where the ceo will make the vast majority of the stock buybacks and, and then the the okay i don't know what i'm saying anymore but but in regards to the stock, the whole stock thing, it kind of feels like your stock owners are almost like mafia bosses, mafia dons, and you're just beholden to them because you have to please them or else you're this, this perceived value of your company tanks and you tank and, and they tank and, and it all goes under. So no, it, it's like everyone's got each other at gunpoint. It's, it's, it's uh, and, and that's so many TV shows is just like, you know, someone, a good person doing something awful because they feel like they have to, like they, you, you know, that's, but you said it, bad, they you know? feel like they have to, right, right. And that's a yeah. huge thing here, right. And that's because I walked into this industry saying, I'm not going to do anything, anything that's, that compromises anything. I'm going to do the right thing no matter what. And yeah. yeah, there's no money in the short term, but the money comes later. And and so there you go right there. That's that's the response to that, is these people think that they're under the gun. But I guarantee you, if I walked into a company and said, we're going to do the right thing, and the money comes later, that stockholders would appreciate that. Hmm. How do you like that? It's just that they're well, always doing acting in the short term, and it's it's specifically American companies, especially right. But but yeah. they do it in the short term because they're afraid of of being perceived. Instead of saying again, "Hey, folks, we're going to do the right thing here. Bear with me." 
Well, how how many times though can you see like the endless stories of you know, you know companies or shows or this or that that everything's going great for a bit and then they get bought out by someone who doesn't understand it and, and is just thinking about that. the money and the, and they and they you know and and you know someone can buy out a company uh, even against you know the the owners and the creators yeah. will yeah, you know it's 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 a it's conquest you know it's like a barbaric conquest but just with uh, spreadsheets right, and right. you know the concept of money um or you know in real estate to me it felt like nuclear warfare when i was losing when i was on the verge of losing the place because it was like any at any moment hiroshima could drop you know and you can um, lose your, and, your building yeah and and and, it, and it'll happen uh when you least expect it you know and you're kind of playing mind games with these people and you're not allowed to know the offers other people are placing and it's it's like oh, and and, yeah. and and you got to go through it, it like you got to read between the lines when i'm when you're talking to the landlord like so i mean i know you can't say what offer they offered you but you know can, is there you know it, so it's it's and you're trying to read between the lines and it's like what are the clues and so it's it's like deciphering Morse code, you know, yeah. and 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 it's it feels like a, an old fashioned war, and and that's freaking weird. That's just bizarre and creepy and and unnatural. And it's all just to you know inflate the perceived value of something. Exactly, and, and that's why um, we do things authentically. And that's one good thing about this generation, even though they're they're mindless and they're whatever. At least. I believe young people value authenticity. There's a greater more. sense of ethics, yeah, because when, because I think there is something innately human that um, when you're fed enough garbage, you do start to barf it out. You, you, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. Start, you start to, you start re- to realize it and say, "Hey, look, I, this is enough now." And and people, and, right, 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 and and kids are starting to, and you see it so fast, to, and yeah. and you experience so much life so quickly. Because you're like living life at double speed through the internet, you know, yeah, and, you're yeah. lear- and we're and you're starting history to so smell, quickly. right? It's it's like we have a sense of smell now, where it's like, okay, we're not yeah. putting up with this pandering. That's the word I'm looking for. We're not going to accept yeah. the pandering. So, it's time to break. Um, it, it's oh. up to you if you want to come back for another episode. Well, you would, do, but I mean, we could go on for ages, and then your whole podcast history is just going to be like <laughs> three episodes with me. That's preposterous. Yeah, but, I mean. <laughs> I, I'm down. I'm enjoying this, and I like talking about these things, and it's cathartic for me. Yeah. So, you know, I'm I'm down. TaylorAbrahams.ca, and that's Abrahams with an E at the end, uh, with an S-E at the end. Um, and I am TheComputerExorcist.com. Buy my book for everyone you know. Stay tuned for the third and final segment uh, next week when we tie up all of our thoughts, our loose ends of all of our wandering thoughts and brilliance and we get to read an article and we get to discuss it and we get to discuss all sorts of deep topics and and remember folks it's just all about authenticity be authentic the money comes later we'll talk to you next week (laughs) 